Oh, thank you. Okay, Mr. Davis, so we're going to ask you a couple questions about concussions. Are you ready? Okay, so with one being that, like, between 1.6 million and 3.8 million people are diagnosed with concussions through recreational sports, do you feel like there's something that we could do to change that? Uh, yes, less recreational sports, more show and livestock. Okay. Um, Matthew, what's your question? On another note would be, yes, better like coaching <laughs> about for like, <laughs> yes, that's what we do. So better coaching and tackle football, not necessarily maybe on a high school level, but on a rec league level. Um, just uh, better safety training in other sports too. Cause football gets a bad rap, but there's plenty of people that get a concussion playing soccer and baseball and anything else, basketball. Yeah. So, do you feel like that, like high school coaches or any kind of coach, like do their best to meet the right protocol to make sure that their their kids and athletes are safe? Yeah. Because the but the ones that don't are the ones that are going to get the most attention. Yeah. Like, any. Any good coach is putting their kid, the kid, above winning. Health is more important than beating winders. Okay, what's your question? You good? Okay, we will ask first. Okay, so we're just gonna ask you a couple questions about concussions and go from there. Absolutely. Okay, so obviously we all feel like concussions are a problem throughout like sports in America in the world because they happen occasionally. Mm-hmm. But um, so like one fact that we read was 1.6 and 3.8 million people are diagnosed through recreational sports in America with concussions a year. Does that sound reasonable? Uh, I would probably say I was a conservative number to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, as, as it's become more of a, of an, of an um, awareness more of a uh, known topic. I think we've taken great strides in not only protecting kids from it, but also making coaches, parents, uh, physicians more aware of the risk. So with that being said, you feel like that we're doing everything we can to prevent them in every way possible. I'm, I'm very proud of the way Appalachian High School handles this. Uh, we have the, I feel like the best uh, medical athletic training situation around yeah um, all of our high school athletes by the time they walk in the door get impact tested right. creating that baseline so we have something to follow uh, every one of our coaches are trained uh, and we hold their feet to the fire so to speak on concussion management and concussion assessment right through online activities uh, online courses um, and then dr. Huff downtown with Northeast Georgia Physicians Group. He provides the impact testing for us. Our trainer, Emily Nash, is every one of our kids are tested for that at least twice during their high school careers. And then our coaches are very aware of it. Um, And then Dr. C.J. Rollison from Northeast Georgia is our team physician. And he comes bi-weekly to check on our kids. And if we have any inclination of an issue, we'll let him know. He knows, yeah. And my only question is, do you think teachers are doing a good job of, like, providing the right environment for student-athletes? Yeah, that's, that's a 
that's a tricky one um, because any student that's suffering from a medical condition like a concussion uh, needs to follow the proper protocol if there's going to be any type of accommodations for academics. That takes a little bit of time, not much, but it can be done through a temporary 504. And I'm not sure many students are doing that, even though we encourage them to, because a lot of times parents at home have this like stigma, so to speak. Uh, you know, my, my son doesn't have an, an issue, doesn't need a 504, my daughter doesn't need one. Um, but in actuality, we know that there are, you know, anywhere from mild to severe side effects from it, and it can impact focus uh, in the classroom. So when we follow those 504s, our teachers follow them to a T. They have to. That's a legal document. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and they do do a good job. But if they're, we're not going through the 504 process, then I dare say there is some teacher resistance to accommodations. And I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand why there would be some if we didn't follow the proper protocol to create those. All right. That's all the questions we have. Makes Thank sense? You. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, so we're going to ask you a couple questions about concussions and how you feel about concussions and post and like long term effects about concussions. Okay. Okay, so like some statistics that we found, like one of them being like 1.6 to 3.8 million people are diagnosed with concussions just through like recreational sports in a year. Does that sound reasonable? Um, I believe through the research that they found, it sounds a re uh, as a reasonable answer. Um, I do believe that sometimes if a, if a player says that they play in a contact sport and they complain of a headache, sometimes I think it can be mislabeled. Now, I do like the fact that there is, you know, awareness about a concussion that people are, you know, thinking about it and knowing what happens. I just think sometimes because we're so sensitive to, um, you know, concussion protocol that sometimes we end up pulling the trigger a little early on some people. But I think that it's always best to err on the side of caution when it comes to that. Right. So, like, with you being a football coach, do you think that us as a school – try to avoid concussions in a good manner? I wouldn't say avoid concussions in a manner. Um, I think that we do a good job with recognition if a student athlete has a concussion. Yeah. Um, to avoid it, you would, you would really be you know, limiting yourself to you know, non-contact sports and, and things like that. But I think that we do a good job of being aware and and trying to limit the amount of times that you know an athlete receives a concussion, and likewise, once they do have a concussion, we follow proper protocol so that gets them, you know, back ready to play or ready to participate in whatever they're doing. So, do you think that some coaches disagree about spending a lot of their money or their budget on good like helmets, or do you think that's a good idea? Like, should coaches spend their money on that? Because some agree or some disagree that they shouldn't spend their money on. To protect the players. To my knowledge, um, there is no helmet that set that eliminates concussions. Um, so, and, and a lot of people, what they'll see is they'll see the new flashy helmet and say that it's you know rated five star or four star or whatever. And a lot of them, even though it's the new flashy helmet, it's the same concussion rating with it. You know, just because it has a new helmet or a new decal or it's a new design. Or, doesn't necessarily mean that it's 
it's going to limit a concussion. A lot of concussions actually happen not because of head-to-head -head contact, but because the brain suddenly stops. You know, whether it be I got tackled in my torso and my head whips forward, or um, when I was in college, I received a concussion. It wasn't because I came helmet to helmet somebody. It's because I went for a tackle, and I actually the the running back fell before I got there, and I actually collided. You know, smashed into the ground. It wasn't helmet to helmet contact that cost it. It was the fact that my my head had stopped so forcefully that it had jarred my you know brains to to you know sustain a concussion. And so I don't I don't I think that we can do things that that would allow um, people to have concussion less concussions, but I, I'm not necessarily thinking that it's just the helmet. And my last question is: Do you think teachers need to be educated on their student athletes having concussions, like? making their surroundings in the classroom better to let the concussion heal? I think if student, or excuse me, I think if teachers are aware of the concussion, it's no more, you know, it's no different than a, a student coming to physical education with a, you know, twisted ankle from practice, or it's no different than, you know, a kid that has shoulder issues or they're coming into class with the flu or, or whatever illness. It's, 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 it's the same thing, so you should treat it the same way, I believe. Um, do I think that they need to be more aware because there are things that kids can do with a concussion? Yes, but at the same time, it, it should be treated just like an illness, just like, a, just like an injury as well. All right, well, thanks. You good? I'm good, if y'all good. Thank you. Coach Appalachia, right? Correct. Head football coach. So you agree that there's a problem with concussions among players, right? Well, I don't, I don't know that I'd characterize it as a problem. So as far as when you say a problem amongst players, um, what, what I do see it as as a situation that we need to be conscientious of to make sure that we're doing all the things to protect. So in other words, it's to me – it's, it's no different than any other medical condition that we try to guard against in everything we do. So whether it's, you know, I mean, because it's a traumatic brain injury. So we obviously want to make sure we're taking the steps to make sure our players are as safe as possible. No different than we do to try to prevent a spinal cord injury or heat-related illnesses and, and any medical condition that could, could affect an athlete. So the... We found a fact that in last football season in the NFL, the 2017 season, 291 active NFL players were diagnosed with concussions during the preseason, regular season practices, and games. Do you think that's a big number, like a shocking number? Well, you know, to me, when, I, when you ask me if you, I think that's a shocking number, uh, you know, I don't know the overall how many players there are in the NFL. You know, what are there, 40 per team or something? 52-man 50, roster. roster and how many teams are there? So, you know, um, so, you know, I can't do the math in my head fast enough to figure out what kind of percentage that is. But, you know, it's like anything. You know, any injury, one's too many. So we, we try very hard to take steps to make sure that, you know, that we're limiting the possibility for injuries. But the bottom line is, it, you know, when you do a risk management assessment, I mean, there's inherent risk with doing everything. 
So there is a risk, believe it or not, with you walking over and going to that door, you could trip across that rug right there, fall and hit your head. There's, there's things. So you try to minimize those risks. So like in here, we'll take down the carpet, for example, to try to minimize your chance of that happening. Um, but it's like anything in life, there's inherent risk with everything. Do you think that um, trainers and like high school trainers like Coach Nass, do you think they do a good job of diagnosing concussions? Yeah, I, well, what, what, what has evolved is uh, accessibility to having a full-time trainer, athletic trainer, certified person, medical personnel that's with you for practices and games. Um, I remember a time where we didn't have that. It was just the coach, you know, and we try everything we can to get certified and, and make sure we're up to date on the proper things that to help protect our players. But, you know, having somebody like like her is, is, is invaluable because of the training she's had. Um, and, and two, you know, there's always an emotional state to everything. So, you know, having somebody that's dedicated to just that um, to look out for things is, is pretty big. You know, me, I've got so many things and other coaches, so many things where we're navigating through and controlling, um, you know, all at the same time. And so it's good to have somebody that's specifically looking for that. Okay, so I did some research and one of the statistics was 1.6 to 3.8 million people a year just in the U.S. through recreational sports are diagnosed with concussions. Does that sound accurate? Or well, are we, so you're talking all sports. We're right. not talking football. No, not We're talking football. female yeah. and male athletics. Yeah, and, yeah, because, you know, when you look at every sport, for example, you know, football, the, the technology of the equipment has changed a lot since I've right. played. The mindset has changed a lot since, since my days of playing. Um, and the teaching techniques have changed drastically since, since I played, all geared to, you know, helping keep you as safe as possible. But then you take, you know, when you take a look at some of the other sports, because like I said, of the equipment in football, you're covered from head to toe, basically, and you're wearing a very expensive helmet that's designed, you know, to try to protect you. So then you look at, you know, maybe a basketball player goes up for a rebound and hits their head on a, on a wood floor, you know, or soccer where they're actually using their head to hit the ball with no headgear. So, um, yeah, I could see why, you know, that, that would seem like a, a huge number. Plus, you you know, I think, too, you got to take into consideration, look at the stats of how has participation growth related to those numbers. So, in other words, when you take a look at those numbers, well, there's also a lot more young people participating in a variety of sports that they didn't participate in before. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? So, it's kind of like anything. Statistics, unless you try to get it as much as you can, there'll be an apple to an apple. Right. So, like, when, in my day, you know, I hate to say in my day, you know, like it was, you know, during the ancient times. But, you know, you didn't have things like Title IX so that you had, you know, a lot of female sports out there, you know, whether it's lacrosse or, or all these different things. Those opportunities just wasn't, wasn't there. So now you have a lot more young people participating in sports. Yeah. So there is that would mean there's a potential for that other number to go up as well. Yeah. So do you think in the future that that number will drastically go down? Well, or you I mean, concussions will always be a problem. Well, I I think you're all, but because it's a part of the inherent risk of, of playing any sport. But it's right. also you know I've known students that have gotten a concussion at their own house. You know so. Why, yes, you probably have a, a little more of a risk by playing sports. At the same time, I think it's one of those things that, you know, every, we're more conscientious now of, 
of looking that that is a potential hazard for an athlete. And because our number one goal is to, to keep athletes safe, right. you know, that's our number one goal. And so it's one of those things now that's come to light that we try to spend an extra amount of more, more time on the education side of it, watching for symptoms, you know, keeping people out if they show anything, any signs until we can get them diagnosed, you know, have a doctor check them out. So I think there's a lot more um, conscientious look at it and trying to protect the athlete, but we're always trying to do that. I don't have any more questions for you. So, like, on the issue of helmets, I know you personally just bought us, our team, a bunch of new helmets. Yes. Some coaches would agree that helmets, they shouldn't spend that money on helmets. Yes. Which I don't agree with. And what's your opinion on that? Well, here's the bottom. And I'm always going to speak, you know, honestly. Um, To me, there's certain things that you don't um, skimp on, Okay. You, you have, a, as a head coach, you have to balance where you rely on parents and in community to provide the funds you need to run the football program through fundraising. And so those resources are more limited at some places than others, okay? So then basically you have a budget. It's a business like anything else. And then you have needs for a football program. So, but for, for me, my personal philosophy is there's certain things we're not going to skimp on. And, and the equipment is designed to protect the athlete, okay? Now, can it protect an athlete 100%? No, because there's inherent risk. So we're not going to skimp. So my point is, yes, I will spend the extra money to get what the experts are saying is the best helmet I can put on one of my guys. Um, but now I may skimp and on a, instead of getting you a $10 t-shirt, you may end up with a $5 one because of, you know, right. and it may not hold up as well, but we're not going to skimp on, on those. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things. And that's the other thing too, that the market there, anytime that you have a heightened awareness with anything, you have, um, somebody out there that's going to try to take a business model and capitalize on it. So with all the talk about concussions, you've now got people out there that are saying, well, our, we, we've made an insert that will make your, your player so much safer if you put it inside the helmet and things like that. And, you know, but then if you don't do your research well enough to know that if you tamper with the helmet at all, you void the manufacturer's warranties that come with the helmet. So, you know, it's one of those things that you, you've always got to be weary that there's always somebody out there trying to, I hate to say it like this, but it is. I get hit by so many salespeople every day trying to make a buck on what's the latest buzz thing in the media, okay, uh, on how they can fix the problem. And, and then they play as just like anything if you study any type of um, advertising or any of those types of things. There's what's called fear of loss advertising. And so, you know, hey, you bet, and you've seen it on TV. Hey, you better buy this now. There's only two left. Right. You know, so, you know, so you'll run out and buy it, those types of things. And the same thing kind of happens with this. So, you know, you have a lot of that that goes on. And, and so what you rely on is the medical profession. We spend a lot of time with, the medical, with doctors, you know, um, who are studying it. And that's the other thing. Not every doctor is, is considered an expert in when it comes to concussion. For me and our program, I do have some that have, and so if, if one of our players is suspected of that, that's who I'm sending them to. It's nothing against this other MD, but this one has spent a great deal of time. It's no different than are you going to go to a, um, a doctor who's going to, you know, say, give you a shot for a cold, you're going to go to him if you have to have heart surgery? No, you go to a heart surgeon, don't you? Yeah. It's the same type of thing. So now we've, we've got MDs that are specializing in 
concussions and, and, and risk management related to concussions as far as being more the expert in that area. So my last question is, teachers, do you think they need to be more aware of student-athletes with concussions? Like yes, them heal? and you know, and that's one of the things that, it, everything's like the education side, because, um, so what we'll do is, and I did this at my previous school and we do it here, is if one of our students is diagnosed with a concussion, that's the other thing to know, is that only a medical doctor can diagnose somebody with a concussion, okay? Um, that's the only one. So uh, that's why, too, you want to make sure that they go to a, a, a doctor who specializes in it and is familiar with, uh, with it. Um, so what we do is, you know, if we have a player who's had one, we'll notify all the teachers. Hey, this student has had this. It's a traumatic brain injury. You know, light sensitivity. Um, you know, all these things he needs rest so to make sure they're aware and that it's going to be a gradual process. So we have written procedures like for our program now because I help write them with Dr. Powers. We have, and Emily, we have written procedures of what's called the steps that, well, what we do if, if we suspect a concussion. And then once the doctor has medically diagnosed, we have what's called a return to play protocol. So you're going to have to go through these stages to make sure you're safe before you're cleared to come back out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so those types of things, and, and we try to let the teachers know. So if you have one, we're going to notify you, all your teachers. This, this is what this means. This is, you know, the student's not faking. This has been diagnosed by a doctor, and these are the doctor's orders that need to be followed as far as some temporary accommodations and modifications for the classroom that we need to put in. Because that's the other thing. We don't want a student to fall behind, but at the same time, They've, they've got to be able to, um, you know, recover. Because, right. and the best way for the brain to recover is rest. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. You Answering our questions. Yes, sir. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Go make an A. I'm Tristan. I'm Matt. And we're going to tell you a little bit about concussions. Um, concussions aren't something that just happen all of a sudden. I mean... You have to have a traumatic brain injury, and something has to go down for your brain to be rattled, causing a concussion. Most concussions, you know, they happen in contact sports like football, but they can even happen in volleyball and basketball, like when your head, you know, could hit the court. But the most common are, you know, in, in football, and we feel like that's a big problem in, especially high school sports, and that's why we're making this podcast to inform people about that. So three facts that we found is, you know, research suggests that 80 to 90% of concussions will resolve within seven to 10 days. However, some athletes who sustain a concussion may have symptoms that last for weeks, months, or even longer. After suffering a concussion, an athlete is three to six times more susceptible to suffer another concussion compared to an athlete who has not suffered a concussion. And the last fact we have is an estimated 40% of athletes are returning to play sooner than current guidelines would suggest. So all of our segments are going to include coaches and teachers throughout the school that have experience or just have opinions on concussions and the field and ways that yeah the ways that we can prevent them to you know help make high school sports safer.